Hello and welcome, it's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, let me just address the Bill Cosby thing uh, briefly, if you will allow. Um, Bill Cosby found guilty and yelled at the prosecutor, um, yeah. I hate to see this story because, um, well, you know, I mean, I, I, we all grew up, if you're my age, I'm 42. If you were a kid in the eighties, you grew up with Dr. Huxtable and you grew up with the Jello commercials. You grew up with his, his, uh, kid show where he drew on the little green pin and it made the sound. I, this is, this is horrific. But these stories, uh, the pattern of behavior was so consistent over time. He was a predator. And that that's just a shame um, to see. Uh, a shame to, to see that the public persona of someone could be completely different uh, from who they were privately. But, you know, I, I got to tell you, I one of the reasons I try very hard to be very open with you guys about what's happening in my life, whether it's Christie scans or having to move our kids to a different school because of the problems at the current school or uh, all that sort of stuff. I try to be very transparent and open with you guys and build a relationship with you because of my own personal experience uh, in this business that so many of the people who are who you see publicly are completely different people privately. It's all an act to them, and you get your you get an idea in your head. Like a lot of famous actors, I know several very famous movie stars who you would know, and they are people get them confused their public persona for their private. They. They see, for example, uh, well, well, they take and I, I don't know him, but uh, Chris Pratt, um, who plays Star Lord, plays in in Jurassic World, was on uh, what Parks and Rec. That people see him and and they see his his TV movie TV persona, and they think that's how he must be in real life, and it's not necessarily the case in any of these cases. Uh, but occasionally you, you find people anyway, back, back, we'll make it about me just real quick. The, the point I'm making is that, I mean, what you, what you hear is what you get with me. What you see is what you get. I, I'm a, I'm a 42 year old fat white guy with two kids, a wife and in, uh, middle Georgia. And that's just me. Uh, I, I am me off the air and on the air. My voice sounds the same in person as it does on, on radio. But there are a lot of people who aren't, and they build up this public image that's completely different from who they are behind the scenes. And that seems to be the case with Bill Cosby, which is a, it is a real shame to see. Uh, now, yes, I will talk about Kanye West. I will see. This is why you guys need to subscribe to my daily email because you would have gotten an action alert today, uh, to call the governor's office and urge him to veto house bill 978. Uh, and if you want to sign up for it, text the word show, to 444999 you'll get an email back asking for your email address and we will get you signed up um, to that email list and you will get these action alerts as they come out uh, a, a measure slipped through the senate and the house in the spur of the moment uh, in the final minutes and I literally final minutes 
of the legislative session that does something for the first time in Georgia that I am horrified by, and you should be horrified by it. That is, our state legislature has agreed to allow remote traffic detection devices, automated traffic detection devices in Georgia. You have probably, if you've been online in the last 48 hours, seen in Great Britain uh, the man who's going to jail for eight months for flipping off a remote speed detection device uh, and trying to subvert his license plate to get out of paying the ticket. He's going for eight months, and the police made it very clear that they were adding time for his disrespect by giving the middle finger to the machine camera as he drove past. Our Georgia legislature has passed legislation authorizing this, and the way they did it, you should know first, the Speaker of the House's son was the lobbyist for it. And the way they did it is they buried it in a school safety provision, and they said it's for the children. You know, it's always for the children. The road to hell is paved with legislation enacted for the children. So what a, what the overall bill is a school safety bill that allows school bus drivers to report drivers who pass them when they're stopped dropping kids off. So if someone blows through a, um, a school bus stop while the school bus is stopped, uh, if the driver can document the car and license plate, uh, they can verify that this person did this and that person's going to get a ticket. But then they added a provision, they buried it at the end of the legislation that also allows automated speed detection equipment in Georgia. And what they're saying is, well, it's not a big deal because it's only going to be in school zones. Well, for now. And then you get used to them and, well, then we're going to put them in front of hospitals. And well, then, you know, this intersection, there's a lot of wrecks here. So we're, we're going to put them at this intersection too. And on and on and on it goes. Um, our legislature has, has typically done a very good job at drawing the line at these things. Uh, they've walked back uh, red light cameras. And yet they're going down this road because the Speaker of the House's son is a lobbyist and slipped it into a uh, larger school safety measure, told him it was for the children and pay no attention to the end of this legislation. Now, there were some very good uh, state representatives and state, state senators who stood up to this, and I want you to know I'm going to do a conservative scorecard, and I'm going to make sure the people who oppose this are known as the conservatives, the people who stood up against automated cameras, um, the people who have stood up against additional regulation for Uber, all these sorts of things in the last couple of years in the legislature. Um, this is a real party foul in, in my mind. Uh, they slipped this in. Many of the legislatures actually called some and asked if they knew, and many of them had no idea that this is actually what they voted for. And we need to stand up and oppose automated uh, traffic detection. This is what police states do. Great Britain is becoming more and more of a police state. It is what they have done. Um, we need to oppose this sort of nonsense. And uh, so sign up for my uh, daily email. Text the word show to 444-999. And I will be sending this alert again tomorrow to make sure people call the governor and ask him to veto House Bill 978. 
Uh, Veto House Bill 978, we do not want to allow uh, automated speed detection devices to get a foothold in Georgia. We simply do not. Uh, and I hope you will stand up and oppose this legislation and encourage the governor to veto it. Uh, this is a, a bad, bad. This is what police states do. And Georgia shouldn't be a police state. An official brief profit center timeout to think a sponsor, Man Crates. I'm drinking a beer. And it is in my custom pint glass with my name on it, my beer glass. I've got six of them, and I got them from mancrates.com. It is the website to go for the impossible gift person, the guy you know who you want to get him something awesome, and you're just not sure. you got a birthday coming up. You want something. You want to recommend someone go there to get something for you. Mancrates.com really is awesome. They've got stuff if you're into grills, if you're into home cooking, brewing, distilling, if you're into sports, um, hunting, fishing, you name it. They've got a Mancrate for you. In fact, Mancrates has gifts for every type of guy in it shipped in a wooden crate. You can go to my Instagram page and see the video of mine when it came. They even ship it with a crowbar. You pry it open yourself. It's really cool packaging. Hundreds of gifts, uh, gift options. So finding the perfect man crate, it's really simple. You go to mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You find the unique gift like the adventurous knife making kit for the hands-on guy or the whiskey appreciation crate. They've got thousands of five-star reviews. Every man crate comes with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. I love my beer glasses. They even, when they shipped them to me, they shipped beer nuts and peanuts, you name it. Um, got great little gifts. Had bar snacks for my friends when they came over. So tell your wife, your girlfriend, your mom, whoever you know who want you want a gift from them or you want to get a gift for someone, go to Man Crates. You'll get 5% off at mancrates.com slash Eric. Limited time offer, 5% off right now at mancrates.com slash Eric. That's mancrates, M-A-N-C-R-A-T-E-S.com slash Eric. Thank you to Mancrates for sponsoring the show. Y'all, don't cheer on Kanye West. Yeah, yeah you, you can like that he likes the president. Um, and I, I appreciate that. Y- y'all, um... Kanye West is not one of us. He is not a conservative. He likes Donald Trump. He also likes Hillary Clinton, according to him. This is what is so funny here to me. And this is the takeaway here. Not that Kanye West is some sort of closet Republican. He's not. But that the left in this country never has to deal with a celebrity they like having a very public and prominent view that they don't like. I mean, if you're a conservative in this country, you are are very used to having celebrities. I mean, you can't go see a movie in this country if you are opposed to watching liberals um, because every Hollywood star is, is a liberal. Most everybody on TV is a liberal. Uh, many of your favorite authors are liberals. Um, you can't avoid it if you're a conservative. And so to see the left, they can't cope. The left is incapable of coping. I mean, it, it, the Washington Post is essentially has a an article telling saying Kanye West says that uh, Democrats keep blacks on a plantation. He needs to get back on it. That that's essentially it. Uh, he's not allowed to think for himself. And it, 
the moment is ripe for the Republican Party to convince black and Hispanic voters that the Democratic Party really does hate them. They hate their culturally conservative values and Republicans don't hate them. If the Republicans, and I don't think the Republicans are capable of doing that right now. Uh, they're so invested in demagoguing the immigration issue to keep uh, middle class whites uh, on, on the Republican plantation that they, they can't use language to show black and Hispanic voters that, you know, we actually, we, we're with you on, on these issues. And if they could, they would wipe out the Democratic Party because no pro-lifer is going to join the Democratic Party right now. And it would be very easy if Republicans would just show uh, black and Hispanic voters they're not the monsters the left has always claimed them to be on crime issues and whatnot. And you know the easiest way to do that for the GOP is to champion school choice. Allowing black mothers in Atlanta to send their kids to better schools would be the greatest way the GOP could show uh, minorities in this country that we're with you and we don't hate you and we're not the racist the Democrats say we are. And yet Republicans in Georgia in the legislature killed school choice this past year. West Cantrell's legislation uh, that would have allowed um, special needs kids in inner city schools to get better education. Uh, and it was Republicans who killed that, not Democrats in Georgia. Uh, so I, I don't have any hope that Republicans will actually be able to proceed down this road, which is unfortunate. Uh, now, that's all I want to say about Kanye West. I think it's a dumb story. There's plenty of other news out there, including Ronnie Jackson. Um, essentially, his nomination scuttled by Johnny Isaacson. I'll tell you what I know on that and so much more when we come back. Before we get into um, Ronnie Jackson and Mike Pompeo and the like, I want to spend a few more minutes here on Alfie Evans. It's 39 after the hour. It's Eric Erickson here. If you're just tuning in, the phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. Um, so Alfie Evans' father, uh, this morning UK time, so overnight for us, came out and blasted the hospital where Alfie Evans is for their treatment of Alfie and their treatment of the family. If you have it heard of the story. This is the child who the courts have ordered him to be taken off ventilation. Doctors told courts he would die within five minutes. They took him off ventilation. It's more than 72 hours later. He's still alive. So the court has ordered he be starved to death because you know, you, you can't undermine British national health care and him living would undermine British national health care. So he must die now. Uh, the Italians and the Polish governments have offered to take Alfie Evans' burden off the British government's hands and to cover the costs. And the British are saying no, because they can't abide the thought of Alfie Evans going to Poland or Italy and being saved, because then that would be a really damning indictment of the British healthcare system. So he's got to die now. He's got to be starved to death. And his father came out and blasted the hospital. And then this afternoon, you know, when I first read the statement, it sounded very much like a hostage statement that if he were giving it live, he would be blinking SOS as he was reading. And sure enough, um, it has been reported now. Multiple people from within the hospital have confirmed to media outlets that the hospital administrators told Alfie Evans's dad that if he did not uh, start saying nice things about the hospital, they would never let him have his son. Y'all, this is where the secular left is going in this country. 
Remember the Democrats, they booed God at 2012 at their Democratic convention, and then they they released a video that said the um, the state is the only thing we all belong to. I guess it was 26. Was it 26? I can't remember anymore. The state is the only thing we all belong to. In California right now, uh, there is uh, the local governments have been given a statement from the attorney general of the state that while children pay attention to this one, kids can have their parents opt them out of sex ed in uh, elementary and middle school. They are not allowed to be opted out of uh, education on homosexuality and transgenderism, essentially indoctrination. They can't be, they can be removed from the sex ed class, but they can't be removed from the sex indoctrination class. And now there's legislation in California to require that people who have pulled their kids, pulled their kids out of school and are homeschooling them, that they too must teach the, the gay rights and transgender agenda in their houses. This legislation is working its way through the California legislature right now. This is about your children and the secular left's decision to make your children the state's property. You're allowed to raise your children on behalf of the state. The state grants you permission to both have and then raise the kids. But if you don't do it the way the secular left wants, then they will take it back. And now here's something that no one wants to talk about. And I understand kind of why they don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. The judge who has ordered Alfie Evans first off ventilation and then ordered that he must be starved to death for his own good is was a secular left-wing gay rights activist in Great Britain. And Alfie Evans's parents are lower-income, devoutly Catholic. How much has bigotry played in this decision the bigotry of the secular liberal activist judge, the bigotry of the other judges, the bigotry of the hospital administrators, all of whom look down on a lower income, devoutly religious family when they are all secular atheists and well-to-do. How many of them are looking at the situation and saying it's for this child's own good that he be spared a family like this, and so we will kill him? Because I guarantee you, there's a lot more of that going on than what anyone really wants to admit in polite society. I realize that that idea and that statement will make some of you uncomfortable. But for years, the left has said Christians were exercising bigotry against the left in this country. And there have been individual cases of that. That is true. I don't think it has been very widespread. But what we are seeing now is a very widespread intolerance towards people of faith. And it is far worse in a place like Britain than here. I mean, look even in Germany, where you're not allowed to homeschool your kids. You will have your children taken away from you in Germany if you homeschool your kids. And religious education in, in much of Europe now is deeply frowned upon, and that is growing in Great Britain, a, a uh, growing um, hostility towards Christian education in Great Britain. It's becoming very pervasive in that society there, which now, as multiple surveys have shown, is only about 5% churched. The, the Queen of England is a professing, believing Christian. She is in a population of 5% of her entire kingdom. And, I mean, what an impotent impotent role that is. I mean, you, you know that this woman who's just celebrating her great-grandchild's birth 
uh, has heard of this case and can do nothing. Uh, if you've ever watched the, the show The Crown on Netflix, it emphasized over and over again that the role of the queen is to do nothing, to smile and wave. You would like to think that Elizabeth would want to rescue this child or do something, and that's not going to happen. Uh, this is a collapsed authoritarian police state. And one of those signs that it was headed that way are, yes, automated traffic cameras where you would get tickets from robots, essentially, uh, that you would then have to go to court to fight. And you know who gets hurt by that the most? The poor. And it's going to happen in this country, too. It's going to happen in Georgia, unless the governor vetoes that piece of legislation. The police state that we see in Great Britain is headed this way. Let's not be in denial about it. Let's try to stop it. So did you all see, and this is all I want to say on this, the president's interview on Fox Friends, he, he admitted that he hired Michael Cohen uh, to represent him in the Stormy Daniels matter. He actually admitted that after denying it. Uh, I th- also thought it was very funny. At, at one point, he said he never watches CNN anymore, and then about two minutes later said that he, just yesterday on CNN, he saw them do something. Uh, it was all very funny. Um, the poor Fox and Friends hosts looked like they were in a hostage situation themselves. Um, and that's really, I look and you know, diamond and silk testified before Congress today. Um, they, I, they are not telling the truth on Facebook, reaching out to them because I know Facebook reached out for them to them because I have seen the emails. I have seen all of that. Uh, and then they said that Donald Trump's campaign never actually paid them. Uh, and yet that's not true because they showed up in Donald Trump's disclosure reports as having paid them. Y'all, character matters, and all this constant lying in politics now, is it any wonder nobody trusts anything these days other than the tribe, and then you want to protect the tribe, and you'll turn a blind eye to the lies? We we can't turn a blind eye to stuff like this. Take yesterday, the Jim Beck situation I mentioned. Um, uh, He is running for state insurance commissioner. Ralph Hudgens, who is one of the most honorable, decent men I know, in politics today, the state insurance commissioner says on TV that he fired uh, Jim Beck, uh, allowed him to resign, but it was forced upon him uh, for his behavior. And um, Beck's supporters are in total denial about that. You're, you're going to question Ralph Hudgens? I, I don't think so. Uh, most decent man in Georgia politics uh, on record saying he fired the guy. Uh, which is why I'm backing Jay Florence, uh, the insurance for the insurance race. And when we come back, though, we got to move on to a lot of other news, including the Mike Pompeo nomination. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB 9 after the hour. Um, it is interesting to me to see the Ronnie Jackson situation. First of all, you need to know that uh, Johnny Isaacson is really the big uh, big player here, the big winner, if you will. What I mean by that is uh, Johnny Isaacson saw f- that there was an issue and tried to discreetly tell the White House there was an issue. Essentially, what I'm, I'm trying to say is Johnny Isaacson followed the procedure that he should have in navigating the course here. He went privately and then he went a little bit uh, more vocally, and then he put his foot down and, and held up uh, Ronnie Jackson's nomination to be the head of the VA as, as more and more information trickled out, and Jackson pulled his nomination. I knew it was going to happen. Um, I was asked, I, I have been hinting at it for the last 48 hours with Scott Slade in on here, uh, but not really 
able to say publicly and definitively it was going to happen. Uh, but it was very obvious uh, that this was going to happen. And just another person who, who they didn't run the traps on them. You know, you know, so I, I keep going back to this and, and I don't mean to keep harping on, on now that this, this Jim Beck situation. Um, so here's a guy who he's got a, he's got a, uh, a resolution. He showed Dale Russell on, on Fox five. Um, and in fact, you know, let, let me play the audio again real quick, just so you understand. And, and this plays into the nominations issues in Washington here. Just, just listen to this real quick, only about a minute or so. When I was 18, I went to work uh, for a real estate and insurance company with the idea of selling real estate. When insurance commissioner candidate Jim Beck campaigns, he likes to tout his years of insurance industry experience. I've served as chief of staff for the current commissioner. And he did back in 2011. Beck was chief of staff for insurance commissioner Ralph Hudgens. Commissioner Hudgens, who is supporting another candidate, for insurance commissioner says he told Beck to find another job. His reason? He says Beck had not been honest with him and an industry group. I just told him he needed to find something else to do that, that I had lost total confidence in him. It sounds like a firing. It sounds, like, it sounds pretty much like firing, too. Okay, that, that's that's all we need to hear here. Um, you can go find the rest of the Dale Russell uh, inter- thing on, on Fox 5, but you, you would think that you would you would know this stuff is coming, so you'd try to get it all out there. Now, now Beck has a, a proclamation from the insurance commissioner um, saying he did a commendable job in an email. The insurance commissioner's office says they don't have a, a recollection of the, of the proclamation, although Beck clearly has it. Uh, whether it was a, a rubber stamp signature or not, um, but that they say he had access to the email account because he was the chief of staff. Um, the insurance commissioner himself doesn't remember sending the email to Jim Beck, but that Jim Beck had access to that email account and could have done it himself is the implication. Uh, y- you would want to get all of that stuff out there to begin with. And the same with Ronnie Ronnie Jackson. With the VA here, this is a deeply problematic nomination, and and people tried to le- let everybody know. But I have found in these situations, oftentimes ego gets involved, and y- your ego trips you up in these situations. You you you've got all this, this. There's this dirt out there, more dirt than was made public, um, and it was going to start coming out. Now, Ronnie Jackson denies that he wrecked a government vehicle while intoxicated. Uh, and Republicans I've talked to about this say the Democrats, they blew it out of proportion from what it was, but it was bad enough if you knew all the facts that, that yes, uh, driving while intoxicated is an issue. Um, threats and assault and beating on the door of a, of a, a subordinate while drunk in the middle of the night, uh, of the opposite sex, all these sorts of things, they're, they're real issues. It seems almost like Republicans have forgotten how to vet candidates. Now, I don't know that there's anything else that anybody could have done, that Johnny Isaacson could have done, anybody on the um, Ronnie Jackson nomination, but it, it is gone now. They will have to come up with someone else. Uh, privately, I can tell you a number of Republicans were upset because they support privatization efforts within the VA and, and Jackson came out of pose, which surprised a number of them who thought he would back it. Uh, he wanted to be in charge of it. So there wasn't a lot of support for Republicans just on the policy side, although they were going to support the president's nominee by and large. 
and so th- this really scuttled it. Now, contrast that with Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo was confirmed by a lot of Democrats to be the director of the Central Intelligence Agency. Many of them were thankful he was there because they saw him as a steady hand. He was highly regarded on Capitol Hill. And, well, partisanship has a way of polluting and rotting people's brains. And this is one of those situations where he's up for Secretary of State and suddenly a bunch of Democrats say they're going to oppose him. And the only reason they're going to oppose him is because Donald Trump nominated him, like like he did for for CIA director. Partisanship is rotting minds on both sides, and we should all do our level best to resist it here and resist the, the rank tribalism that has descended. Pompeo is a good nominee, and it turns out he, his nomination wound up not being in jeopardy. Seven Democrats voted for him. Six of them up for election this year wanted to appear to be reasonable. Uh, and, and so they were. They were given the opportunity to appear reasonable, and, and they were able to show it. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, so Pompeo is going this evening. If he, if the president will, will uh, swear him in, there's some official paperwork that's got to be signed before the president can do it. But he's heading to the NATO conference in Brussels uh, because, well, there are a lot of issues, including with what's going on with Turkey. None of us have really paid much attention to what's going on in Turkey, but they, they've imprisoned pastors. They've taken a very hard line of late. Uh, against the free press over there. There are a number of senators, uh, James Langford of Oklahoma, Republican, Gene Shaheen of, of New Hampshire, Democrat, Tom Tillis, Republican, North Carolina, are trying to block an F-35 sale to Turkey. Frankly, I, I mean, I would give them the, the F-35 and, and bring back the F-22 for us, which I think is a far superior aircraft than the F-35. Nonetheless, um, this is our like, like top-of-the-line plane, and we're trying to sell it to the Turks, who are less and less... Uh, looking like they have American interests at heart, I would be hesitant to do that. There are all of these little things happening around the world. The Iran deal, what's happening in Turkey, what's happening in Syria, what's happening in Saudi Arabia, what's happening in Yemen, um, what's happening across Europe right now, nobody's paying attention to, and the Russian incursions and on the uh, on the Eastern Front there, I guess the Western Front for Russia, the, what's happening in China, Indonesia has some issues right now. We need a competent Secretary of State. Um, Tillerson was never it, but Mike Pompeo is highly competent, and he will be good, and it's amazing Democrats wanted to block him just because Trump nominated him. An official brief Profit Center timeout to thank a sponsor, Man Crates. I'm drinking a beer, and it is in my custom pint glass with my name on it, my beer glass. I've got six of them, and I got them from mancrates.com. It is the website to go for the impossible gift person, the guy you know who you want to get him something awesome, and you're just not sure. you got a birthday coming up. You want something. You want to recommend someone go there to get something for you. Mancrates.com really is awesome. They've got stuff if you're into grills, if you're into home cooking, brewing, distilling, if you're into sports, um, hunting, fishing, you name it. They've got a Mancrate for you. In fact, Mancrates has gifts for every type of guy, 
and it shipped in a wooden crate. You can go to my Instagram page and see the video of mine when it came. They even ship it with a crowbar. You pry it open yourself. It's really cool packaging. Hundreds of gifts, uh, gift options. So finding the perfect man crate, it's really simple. You go to mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You find the unique gift like the adventurous knife-making kit for the hands-on guy or the whiskey appreciation crate. They've got thousands of five-star reviews. Every man crate comes with 100% satisfaction guarantee. I love my beer glasses. They even, when they shipped them to me, they shipped beer nuts and peanuts, you name it. Um, got great little gifts. Had bar snacks for my friends when they came over. So tell your wife, your girlfriend, your mom, whoever you know who want you want a gift from them or you want to get a gift for someone, go to Man Crates. You'll get 5% off at mancrates.com slash Eric. Limited time offer, 5% off right now at mancrates.com slash Eric. That's mancrates, M-A-N-C-R-A-T-E-S dot com slash Eric. Thank you to Man Crates for sponsoring the show. So I, I I want you guys to know that I, I'm having computer issues. Um, and the reason I say that is because I am expecting the AJC to drop its poll at any moment um, for the gubernatorial. You know, it may not be till tomorrow. I thought it was going to come out this evening. And I'm just I'm having all sorts of trouble uh, just trying to get on the Internet right now. It's it's my Internet connection at my house. Uh, I'm having to broadcast from the bunker today. Thankfully, um, I've got the setup so I can do it because we've, we have had a, a genuinely insane week at home and there is no way I could get into the office today, but now my computer's on the fritz. So, um, in any event, uh, I want, I, I, I realize this is somewhat cynical, but I'm going to tell you this is going to happen and you watch it. It's going to happen. The AJC is going to release a poll in the next 24 hours on the lay of the land for the Republicans, how it looks, uh, who's ahead. Casey Cagle is going to be the front runner. I guarantee you that's just the reality. He has been the longest serving Republican that's running. Uh, everybody knows him. He's been Lieutenant governor two terms and there's going to be a cluster between Brian Kemp and Hunter Hill and Clay Tippins and Michael Williams for second place. Most people expect Williams is going to be on the, the lower end of that. The Williams team is insist they're going to be higher up. Um, but here's what's going to happen is once that poll comes out, we're going to see a flood of other polls. And the reason we're going to see a flood of other polls is that these pollsters need the AJC to spend the money to help them set a baseline. And so many of the polls that we're going to get after the AJC poll are going to be inferior to the AJC poll. And the reason is because they're going to be robo polls. They're probably not going to be live operator polls. Uh, there may not even call cell phones, uh, but the AJC is going to set the benchmark for them uh, so that they can look credible. And I got to tell you all to be really cautious of all the polls that will inevitably come out after the AJC poll, uh, because they're all using the AJC poll. They're not actually going out and doing their own sampling and stuff because that's really expensive to do. And so all those polls are going to be derivative of the foundational poll from the AJC and just Kudos to the AJC for taking the time to do a real poll with a real pollster who does real polling in order to get some numbers. And that isn't to say that it's going to be an accurate poll. No poll is really accurate except the the actual going to the polls and voting. Uh, but just know how that's going to shape up. And yes, I'm deeply cynical of a lot of the pollsters out there, particularly in Georgia, uh, but I'm not cynical of the AJC's polling. So stay tuned for that uh, and some thoughts on these races as they're shaping up when we come back.
So I, I, I want you guys to know that I, I'm having computer issues. Um, and the reason I say that is because I am expecting the AJC to drop its poll at any moment um, for the gubernatorial. You know, it may not be till tomorrow. I thought it was going to come out this evening, and I'm just I'm having all sorts of trouble uh, just trying to get on the Internet right now. It's, it's my Internet connection at my house. Uh, I'm having to broadcast from the bunker today. Thankfully, um, I've got the setup so I can do it because we've we have had a, a genuinely insane week at home and there is no way I could get into the office today. But now my computer's on the fritz. So um, in any event, uh, I want I, I, I realize this is somewhat cynical, but I'm going to tell you this is going to happen and you watch it. It's going to happen. The AJC is going to release a poll in the next 24 hours on the lay of the land for the Republicans, how it looks, uh, who's ahead. Casey Cagle is going to be the front runner. I guarantee you that's just the reality. He has been the longest serving Republican that's running. Uh, everybody knows him. He's been Lieutenant governor two terms and there's going to be a cluster between Brian Kemp and Hunter Hill and Clay Tippins and Michael Williams for second place. Most people expect Williams is going to be on the, the lower end of that. The Williams team is insist they're going to be higher up. Um, but here's what's going to happen is once that poll comes out, we're going to see a flood of other polls. And the reason we're going to see a flood of other polls is that these pollsters need the AJC to spend the money to help them set a baseline. And so many of the polls that we're going to get after the AJC poll are going to be inferior to the AJC poll. And the reason is because they're going to be robo polls. They're probably not going to be live operator polls. Uh, there may not even call cell phones, uh, but the AJC is going to set the benchmark for them uh, so that they can look credible. And I got to tell you all to be really cautious of all the polls that will inevitably come out after the AJC poll, uh, because they're all using the AJC poll. They're not actually going out and doing their own sampling and stuff because that's really expensive to do. And so all those polls are going to be derivative of the foundational poll from the AJC and just Kudos to the AJC for taking the time to do a real poll with a real pollster who does real polling in order to get some numbers. And that isn't to say that it's going to be an accurate poll. No poll is really accurate except the the actual going to the polls and voting. Uh, but just know how that's going to shape up. And yes, I'm deeply cynical of a lot of the pollsters out there, particularly in Georgia. Uh, but I am not cynical of the AJC's polling. So stay tuned for that uh, and some thoughts on these races as they're shaping up when we come back. Alrighty now, um, as to the others, um, I'm not a big uh, Rick Jeffers fan for lieutenant governor. I, it's just he's never been my cup of tea. Uh, the people in the, the Covington area really like him. Uh, I have, have said uh, I support David Schaefer. He's a longtime friend of mine. I know what I'm getting with David Schaefer. Um, that is not just like Jeff Duncan, who I don't know and have a number of friends who speak very, very highly of him. And he is a very impressive person. I think he would make a fine lieutenant governor. Uh, so I don't want anybody to think I'm, I'm opposing him. I'm not. Uh, David's a friend. And the Secretary of State's race, I'm supporting Buzz Brockway, uh, and I hope you will too. I've known Buzz since I was in college. We were in college Republicans together. Um, I, you know, I have said before, I think I've known Buzz longer than I've known my wife. That's probably not true because I did meet her the first week of my freshman year, but I've known Buzz since my freshman or sophomore year in college. We were in college Republicans together. Uh, he at Tech, I at Mercer. 
And uh, so I'm I'm backing him. But again, that that's not just like Josh McCoon, who I I would support if Buzz were not in the race. I would absolutely have a a Josh McCoon sticker on my car. Uh, I think the world is Josh, and he's a great guy. Uh, but I've known Buzz, and he's a great guy. I think he's a competent administrator, and I'm happy to support him. I don't know the other people. The, the David Bell guy, I hear his name all the time, and it, it seems like he's he's a perennial candidate or something. He's run for other stuff before, but I, I don't know. And then for insurance commissioner, um, Jay Florence, who is uh, the guy who was not fired by the insurance commissioner. Uh, Jay Florence is a... He's not a career politician, hasn't wanted to be a career politician, uh, and doesn't have scandal um, involved like his opponent. So definitely going with Jay Florence there. Uh, but all of these are very quiet races. Nobody's really slinging a lot of mud. Uh, and I think that's why the Clay Tippett uh, commercial where he went after Cagle and Hunter Hill stood out so much is because no one else is doing it. Uh, there aren't a lot of ads out there. I'm getting, I'm starting to get some mail from candidates. But this is a really quiet campaign season, and that just, to me, suggests we're going to have a really nasty runoff. Um, so we can gird our loins for that, I guess. Can I say? Yeah, I can say that. <laughs> if you need to catch up on anything I've said today, text uh, the word SHOW to 444 uh, and you can get the podcast. I'll send you back the link and sign you up for the daily email, which you need so you can get these action alerts in Georgia. Uh, I've decided I need to do more of these, and, and here's something I, I want you to know. I have been praying and fretting about this for a while. And this legislative session really aggravated me much more than some of the others because we've seen so many people come out and keep calling themselves conservative, and they're not. And they're they're using money to, to prop themselves up as, as conservative. We need an organization in Georgia that holds these people accountable. And I've decided if no one else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. Uh, so I have been in talks with some folks and I'm going to start a conservative group in Georgia that if nothing else will do one thing and one thing well, and that is a scorecard. We will do a scorecard of what's happening in the legislature and we will show you objectively like heritage action and the club for growth do in Washington, show you who the real conservatives are in Atlanta, because I am so tired of these people claiming to be conservative when they're not. And, and then you like, like the traffic, the, the automated radar machines for traffic, no conservative in the legislature supported that. None of the conservatives did. Uh, the Sam Teasley's did not. The Michael we- uh, Williams's did not. The, the West Cantrell's did not. The, or was it Michael? We- I don't think Michael Williams supported it. Um, it, it. None of those guys supported this legislation. And yet it passed overwhelmingly with Republicans because these Republicans are not conservative. And I am tired of that. And it is time for us to create an accountability group in this state that holds Republicans accountable and calls them out for not being the conservatives they claim to be. So that is my forthcoming project, um, and I'll let you know all about it. In the meantime, text the word SHOW to 444-999, and um, I'll get you. You can listen to the earlier statements about these candidates on the show, as well as get the action alerts that I'll be pushing out, urging the governor to veto various legislation and whatnot. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow.